0: Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Hello, hello, hello HMOs. It's great to have you here today and I am very, very pleased to uh, welcome our special guest today on today's live. Um, she's a wonderful woman and uh, if I could step into anybody's shoes right now, I would I possibly choose to step into this lady's shoes because I think what she's done is quite phenomenal (laughs) and brilliant. Um, So yeah, today, the the person that I'm going to invite to uh, be interviewed, and I'm just going to share the details with her, with with everybody today, is a lady called Aisha Ofori. And Aisha, you and I kind of connected a couple of weeks ago because I came across your Propel network. Uh, which is really a fantastic net- network. So, would you like to just give us a brief introduction to who you are and and tell us a bit about the Propel Network?
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. And the first thing I want to say is apologies for my appearance. When I, you know, when I do things like this, I do like to put a bit of makeup on. But I actually got stuck at one of my properties that I'm um, about to convert into an HMO, so I didn't have time to to get back home to actually um, to put any makeup on. So forgive the appearance. Um, so, you know, as Wendy mentioned, I'm Aisha Fori and I'm the founder of the Propel Network. Um, and Propel Network is, it's a community for for women. It's for women who are either new to property or women who have already been in property for a long time, and maybe they want to sort of scale, or they're looking for funding, or whatever, the, whatever it is that, you know, the women need to really grow their business. But essentially, we're just about empowering women and it's empowering women through property Um, and there are various ways that we do this we have um, you know educational webinars seminars um, courses people find accountability partners JV partners it's whatever it is that the women need to really get going in property Um, and it's just a fantastic group of women because everyone comes from different places with different stories and we can it's about sharing our collective knowledge and, and learning from each other
0: yeah fantastic and i think that's why i love it is because there's a real energy about the network there's been there's a real energy about what you do and about the uh, the the support the advice the structure that you're you're helping women with uh which i think is enormously valuable aisha so well done well done for setting it up how long nice, has the network been running
1: yeah so it's it's relatively new so i came up with the idea back end of 2018 um and started running it beginning of last year, so beginning of, of 2019, but it wasn't really until the summer that we really kicked off. So the very first event that we did was summer last year um, at a private members club in London called The Albright. It's a women's membership club, so it naturally fitted in with what we were doing. Um, and then from, from summer last year, it's really just grown um, tremendously. And for me, the thing that's beautiful about it is it's all been organic growth. So we, we don't really spend, or we don't spend on marketing or things like that. We don't even have anyone to do our marketing. Um, and my social media skills aren't great. Um, but it's really been through just word of mouth. Women coming, seeing what we do, loving it, then telling their friends, their family members, then them joining. And that's just really how the community has grown. It's very natural and, and just very organic.
0: And how many members do you have at the moment?
1: So we have over 600, um, and of those 600 women, I'd say at least half are what I call really active. <laughs> um, so those are the ones who will be, you know, we have a WhatsApp group as well, um, so those are the ones who will be sort of messaging, um, asking for things, um, sharing knowledge, giving support. Um, And then, you know, I say of the the rest, they are sort of quietly building, you know, building their their, their property portfolios or their property businesses. So it doesn't really matter what type of woman you are, whether, you know, you are really chatty and social and you want that sort of regular engagement or you're the sort of more quiet type and you prefer to sort of get on with what you're doing and just tap in when you need to. You know, there are various different ways that women work with us and connect with us. And it's just about finding what's right for you. Now, I want to ask
0: you a slightly wider question here, Aisha, because this is something that uh, I debate with my husband from time to time when there are, um, you know, debates on the news or in in, um, in, the, in the media about genderisation. I'm sorry to, to, to bring in politics here, <laughs> uh, gender politics, I suppose you could say, but I think it's a really important question. We've got people um, investing in HMOs who are male, who are female, and I don't really make any distinction. I, I think both types you know whether you're a woman or a man you can be successful in property yep. and some some people might level the criticism at you oh you know women only network that that's very elitist or that's very that's segregating or uh you know what why haven't you created a network that men can also attend so obviously you're a woman so you you yep. you've got a you know you've got a sort of uh inbuilt advantage there but why do you think that women need something like this why is this important for women
1: yeah, and so, yes, I have had those comments. Um, I've had, as I've discovered, the more, the more, or the, the, the bigger your profile gets, um, the more sort of noise and, and comments you attract. So I've had lots of people on Facebook telling me that it's not appropriate to be running a women's organization and that, you know, if they started a man's organization, there would be uproar, so why do I think I can get away with this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the answer is pretty simple, because as women, we, the the playing field is not level. If the playing field was level, then there wouldn't be a need for something like Propel. And when we get to that point where there is gender equality, particularly in the, you know, the property sector, then by all means, there probably won't be a need for Propel. And then we can all have, you know, events and and things like this where, you know, everybody is together. But until then, there is a need for it. Um, And for me, it's not, it's more than just being about property. If you sort of look at at, at women, and in terms of the fact that when we are you know employed, there is an earnings gap, we earn less, we tend to invest less than men sort of generally we uh we save less but less, but even when we're working, we tend to take time out to to have children or to look after loved ones, and the earnings gap between men and women i've looked at the stati- the statistics it's actually over a million dollars um so just as women we are coming from behind in terms of our sort of what I call financial security. So we need to have opportunities to catch up. So if there are groups that are focused on women where we can, you know, learn about property or things in a way that makes sense for us and helps us to get up the curve faster, then I say, you know, absolutely, it's what's needed.
0: And what do you think a, a women's only network brings to the women who are in it? Because you, you're absolutely right that there is a there's, a, there's been a traditional gender pay gap, uh, and of course there is legislation now in place to try and avoid that. However, uh, there is still some elements where you know it gets it gets through the net, even with yep. legislation. You know, women are not promoted as fast as men. Women don't sit on the boards of companies as fast as men. Many top FTSE 100 companies, they're all male, all white, all middle aged, middle class, and there are there are no women. And you know, you you are not a white woman. You you have the additional benefit of being um, a black or minority ethnic woman. So you you have a sort of double whammy there. Aisha. Oh, I, I take
1: all the, all the minority black. boxes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm relatively young, I'm black and I'm a woman. So it's like, yeah, tick, tick, tick.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so why do you, what, what do you think this network gives to women?
1: It's about having that supportive community. It's about being around other people who understand what you're going through, but who also like to receive information in the same way or to to, to look at things in, in, in a certain way. And by that, I mean, I generally feel that, for example, men and women have difference, or differences in, in terms of tolerance to risk. So when looking at a property investment, for example, there may be an investment that a woman will look at and then decide to walk away from, whereas a man will will jump in. And, and, And then again, elaborating further, I generally tend to find that as women, we like to really understand things. We like to understand it, to be able to wrap our heads around it, and then we're more likely to sort of jump in. Whereas I feel that I'm not, you know, this is a bit of a blanket statement, but, you know, often men will look at something and say, Do you know what, I'm going to figure it out as I go along. So then that means that as women, we may be missing out on on certain things. And you can see behaviors like this, not just in terms of property deals, but if you just look at wider investments, for example. So cash ices, um, if you look at the amount invested in those, overwhelmingly cash ices are invested in by women. Um, and just my personal opinion of that is that a cash ISA is is not a necessarily a great investment tool because the returns that it gives you is 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 so small. But what it shows is women want to invest, but they're you know, but because of the risk element, then maybe not investing in other things. Um, whereas men will, uh, you know, as I said before, a, a man you know is likely or more likely to to go ahead with something like that. So then how do you turn that around? How do you put women into an environment to make them feel comfortable uh, making decisions that they otherwise wouldn't have made? And for me, it's about having more knowledge and having more support. And that's what you know communities give you. That's what Propel Network gives you. There will be other women in the community who have been where you're trying to get to, who have gone through certain types of projects. You can ask them questions. You can fill those knowledge gaps that you have. Um, and then you can move forward with confidence, and I think that's something that women um, really need. And you know, you mentioned earlier, Wendy, about you know women not necessarily uh, getting promotions or pay rises and things, um, you know, in a similar way to men. And again, I think that comes back to the same fundamental thing. You know, my background was in investment banking. I worked at Goldman Sachs for six years, and it, it wasn't until I was probably about four years in. That I realized that in my review sessions I actually had to go in and ask for a pay rise up until that point it never occurred to me I assumed that I'm doing my job very well they will see this and they will reward me I happened to have a, a chat with somebody in the kitchen once it was a guy and he was sort of bragging about how his salary had gone up he was earning way more than I was and my stomach sort of sank and I was like what the hell and then I said, you know what, in my next meeting, I'm just going to go in and demand something. And it felt really uncomfortable. I actually thought it was quite rude. Um, but I, my pay went up. And I was just like, you have to be kidding me. Is this all I had to do? Go in and ask for it. Like, why didn't somebody tell me this before? But I didn't know. And for me, it felt really rude. But this is what, this is how it works. And this is what needed to happen. And You know, in that situation, maybe if I had been in a in a group where other women had been through it before, they could have told me that much sooner. So it's about you know being able to, as I said, learn from each other, learn from each other's experiences, to be able to push ourselves forward because the playing field just is not equal. It isn't.
0: So that I I would completely agree with you, and having been investing for a number of years now. you know one of my earliest memories was buying properties at auction Mm -hmm. and I remember going to an auction in the northwest a very well-known auctioneer and walking into the room and being the only woman in the room everybody else was male and being the only white person in the room everybody else was Asian and uh, you know it was really it it was a very interesting moment for me feeling in such a minority and it gave me a a really interesting perspective into how other people must feel who ordinarily I'm, I'm not in the minority but in this particular instance I was and at that time this would be uh, sort of uh, the early 2000s uh, there were not many women who were investing in property certainly not visibly now of course this was before the rise of social media before the rise of Facebook before the rise of uh, really email marketing it was still very early days in terms of the in- internet so this was uh, the only the only way you could meet other women would be at auctions or potentially property events. But again, there were not very many of those either. But even the books that were being written, newspaper articles, they were all focusing on male entrepreneurs who had built either a property portfolio or or a large uh, you know property business. Uh, certainly there were very few female role models in that in that sphere at the time and I think that one of the things that I experienced also was the the challenge of running a business alongside raising a family Uh, you know and this is something which again isn't often discussed the the the, the challenges that women often have which are are sometimes silent and are sometimes invisible but we're doing this kind of behind the scenes to be able to grow our portfolio whether that's for income or a pension or a legacy for our children but actually it's quite hard to do that whilst juggling everything else that you have to do yep. and not you don't want to be a martyr to the cause you're doing it for the good reason but I think having that extra support and understanding of other people who are going through that same challenge is is very helpful.
1: Absolutely I mean you know, on some of our, uh, we at Propel Network, we have monthly webinars where we actually we, we call them honest stories. So it's about experienced women in property sharing their real experiences. Because one thing that I found is that you often hear that, oh, property is really easy. You come in, you make a lot of money, you get rich quick. Anyone can do it. You know, don't don't even need any money money to do it. No money down. I, I just things like that make me feel really uneasy. So what Honest Stories is about is it's the warts and all stories. It's, you know, women talking about, you know, difficulties they have faced or where they've lost money or where somebody has screwed them over. So that we can all learn from that in terms of how to avoid that sort of going forward, but also just getting a real picture of what property investing is like for women. And on some of our webinars, you will actually see children sitting on their mum's laps. Um, you know, I've been one of those women where my three-year-old um, hasn't been, hadn't been at nursery because of lockdown, and so she, she had to be with me. There was nowhere else for her to be, and that's just one of the, you know, the, the things from me. Um, you know, being a woman, being a mother in property. Yes, I, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about property and the business and pushing it forward. But I'm a mum at the same time, and I have to do both. Sometimes they overlap, and that's okay. Um, I tried to have her in one of my other meetings um, and one of the men visibly looked a bit like oh there's a child there well yes but there's not really anything I can do with her so we'll just have to crack on whereas (laughs) you know with the with the webinar nobody really batted an eyelid well they wanted to talk to her actually Um, so as I said it's just about for me when I'm around women people I don't know it's it's We just seem to understand each other better. You know, before Propel Network, I'd go home in the evenings um, and just talk to my husband. And poor him, whether he liked it or not, I would just sort of unload everything or the issues that I was having. And you know, almost force him to, to discuss and brainstorm with me, whereas now that, that the community's there, you know, whether I go into the WhatsApp group, or, you know, we have accountability partners, I sort of message and say, oh, this is what happened today, or the builder's done this, you know, what's been your experience, or is there, you know, I'm looking at something new, so I've just started looking at um commercial um opportunities, I know very little about commercial opportunities, so I said within the group, is anyone does anyone do this as a strategy? Can someone give me some pointers like where do I start? What do I do? Um and it's just so lovely to have it to have it there and you get to know people over time, you know, various different friendships form and it's about um, you know, building, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's a portfolio or a business, but you're not alone, you don't have to do it in isolation. Um, and it's it's really just wonderful.
0: Now, Aisha, one of the things that interested me about your story when we were chatting before Mm -hmm. was uh, your own development as a as a property investor and your own story. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, is an HMO group, so we we will try and bring our interviews back to the HMO message Mm -hmm. (laughs) where possible. Um, So it'd be really interesting to get your take on your your uh, involvement with HMOs, your own experience of working with HMOs, and Mm -hmm. what has led you back to HMOs because yes. I know that's happened recently. Yep. interesting to well, hear I'm about that. I'm
1: literally sitting outside a house that I'm going to convert into uh well initially it was a seven bed but I now think I can get eight in. Um which is which brings me back to what I said at the beginning is why I look like this and why I'm sitting in my car. Um <laughs> but my journey started out in uh you know as I said I was in investment banking I discovered property what I feel was quite late. Um, So this was about eight years ago now, and I initially started investing with my husband and we went into buy to let. We were doing that for a while, and then I sort of said, right, how can we scale this? How can we maximize our our money more and make things more efficient, increase our yield? (laughs) And I said the same thing, really make our money work harder for us. And we started to look at small-scale development, so houses to flats and things like this. Then you can see a pattern here. I said the same thing again. And then we started, um, we looked at commercial conversions and we did a commercial conversion Mm -hmm. with a JV partner. And that was turning an office into into nine flats. And for me, I think I was a bit blinded by the sort of the shiny lights, oh, commercial conversion, you know, it's a really big project. You know, looking at the numbers you get on the back end and it's, you're talking about significant sums of money. and so for me, I was like, right, I'm going to go full-time property. I'm going to you know, leave banking. I'm going to work on commercial conversions. This is what I'm going to do. But actually, having done that project, I was like, this just is not for me. <laughs> um, it was really interesting. We learned, I learned a hell of a lot. Um, you know, it, it was profitable. Not as profitable as we thought it was going to be, but it was profitable. There were lots of issues. Um, but I re- realized it's just not my cup of tea. It's not the sort of thing that I want to be doing. And and so I I came back to that. And so, you know, had a discussion with my husband and said, look, still happy to look at commercial conversions and other things on an opportunistic basis as they come up. But that isn't where I'm going to be sort of spending my time and focusing on. I love HMOs because it's a much smaller project I feel I can control aspects a little bit more because they tend, or my ones in particular tend to be smaller projects you still you know it, it's still a, for me a great strategy you're still um, you know maximizing your yield um, you know the, the the numbers still work and make it really interesting and exciting but it just fits with me it fits with what I'm looking to do in property. And this is something that I always say to people, try not to taste the shiny new pennies. Yes, there's always going to be something that sounds bigger and better. It might work for that person, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. And, you know, the fact that I chose to focus on HMOs instead of, you know, building, I don't know, blocks of 20, 30, 40 apartments. But I'm focusing on, you know, one house that I'm turning into, you know, into Um, you know, putting in eight rooms or eight en-suites. For me, that's still its achievement. And it's even better because it's what I love to do and it just fits naturally with me. Um, And I'm I'm happy that I came to that realization. Um, It would have been great if I came to it sooner, But, you know, everybody has their own path to follow. Um, It's just about ending up on the strategy that that fits in with your goals, your expectations, and more importantly, just what you like to do. If you're not enjoying it, um, then for me, I'd say sort of why are you doing it? One of the beauties of property is about having that flexibility. You can choose what you want to do. Um, So if it's not fun and you're not enjoying it, then I'd say maybe look, look for something else.
0: That's that's great advice. Absolutely great advice. I think that the beauty for me about HMOs is the fact that you get five or six or seven streams of income from one property. Mm-hmm. And while we can you know, muse on some of the challenges that HMOs bring, because you have five, six or seven more tenants than you would with a single buy to let, um, I have personally found it to be Even in the most difficult times, still the most cash flowing strategy, the one that brings the highest yield, the longest term return, uh, sorry, I mean, the the best return over the longest period of time. And uh, coupled with capital growth, which we have seen, even in the north, we've seen some capital growth, which normally... Normally has been sort of attributed to the south of the UK, but actually in the north we're seeing capital growth now as well. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that for me, I I would agree with you, Aisha, that there are other strategies, and we do other strategies. We've got commercial buildings, we we've got a, a pub that we run. <laughs> well, we don't personally run it, but we own it uh, in Stoke-on-Trent, and it runs as a pub. It's it's a, it's um you know a live, real beer serving pub. You have to you have to wipe your feet as you go out, but. Uh... <laughs> It's still a pub. Um, And we've done commercial conversions, you know, we've we've got experience in other sectors. Um, But for me, HMOs have been the bread and butter that gave me what I wanted, which was financial freedom, Mm -hmm. the ability to leave my job, the ability for my husband to leave his job and to develop a business that we could run practically hands free. So we can travel the world, we can, we've we got systems that enable us to do this hands-free, and we have a team that runs the, the, the business for us. And that just simply, without having maybe 50 buy-to-lets, I just wouldn't have been able to do that with buy-to-lets because the income would not be high enough. So like you, I, I've got a great fondness, affiliation, and love for HMOs, even though sometimes I do tear my hair out with them as well. <laughs>
1: But I think, but it's, they work, uh, and I, I think, from... yeah, it's about fine. So everything is going to have, you know, stresses, issues, things that go wrong. You know, there's nothing. Um, I think very rarely in life do you have situations that you know things always go completely to plan. But it's you know, depending on what your property strategy is, the issues and those stresses are very very different. For me, the stresses and the things that come up with HMOs are the ones that I actually don't mind dealing with, or they're still frustrating but it's okay with the commercial conversion i mean those issues just because it's a bigger project get they they matter or they're just much bigger and you actually deal with them in a different way so for me the hmos it just really suits everything about my personality what i like to do you know what are the issues that potentially come up you know yes you are dealing with a lot more tenants but actually i really like the people aspect of it as well um so it you know as I said it's about thinking about all of the things that are involved in the strategy and matching those to your your personality what you like doing as a person even if you don't like necessarily doing part of it yourself maybe that's going to be something that you can outsource Um, but it's just about making it fit in and and work for work for you and you know when I left full-time employment one of the things that I was looking for I said whatever you know I I do it needs to be fun I want to wake up in the morning and want to do it Um, and it took me a while to get there but I'm absolutely in that place now so you know I spend most of my time on Propel Uh, I do a few other things as well as well as building my portfolio but I've managed to create that that lifestyle that i wanted and you know if somebody had said to me all those years ago as i was sitting on the train you know going into the city to go to work that you know one day you're gonna wake me i'm not a morning person usually (laughs) um you know i at that point way back then i just wouldn't have, have seen how. um so you know property for me really changed my life not just in terms of sort of my happiness and getting to do something that i love but i was able to become financially independent and for me that is the fact that i was able to do that um, starting from very little property knowledge when i started i didn't really have any Um, for me all of that is really powerful and i realized that if i can do it but more importantly if i can share my stories with other women i can help others and then it just escalated from there. It's not just about me sharing my story, but if we collectively share our stories, um, then we all benefit and we all grow together.
0: Okay, so thank you for that. I think that's, that's really, it's really interesting to kind of get an insight onto your views about how your strategy needs to uh, fit with your personality. And I, and I think that you know all of us are good at something, In business, male, female, doesn't matter how old you are, everybody's got a strength in a business, but you've also got a weakness in a business. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed with working with various clients is that some of them are really good with dealing with tenants. I've got one client at the moment who absolutely loves dealing with her tenants. She doesn't want to give that up, in fact. And I keep trying to help her to systemize her business and saying that one of the biggest areas that will take up her time is dealing with tenants. But that's the bit she really loves. So she doesn't really want to give that up. She doesn't want to systemize that because she loves doing it. But there's other bits she doesn't like. So those are the bits we're working on. Um, And I think this is so true that actually there's so many elements to property investing, as you've mentioned, that you can choose which of the bits you really are good at and which you enjoy and leverage the rest. And, and, and this is something that, you know, advice that, uh, you know, I'd give to other people and Aisha, you've, you've learned that lesson along the way too, haven't
1: you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you, you have to, as I said, figure out the bits that you like. Um, and then the beauty about property is the bits that you don't like, usually you can find somebody else or so bring them into your team or into your system to help you, um manage those parts. But I say it's really important to, to work with the right people. Um, and sometimes that's quite difficult to ascertain in the beginning because, you know, I, I liken it a bit to, um, you know, when you meet your life partner, you know, you've got to go out on a few dates, you've got to get to know people. Um, you know, I'll say this—it's a little bit controversial, depending on on you know how you look at life. But something my mum always said to me is, she says, "Aisha, you can't marry somebody until you've um, until you've lived with them, because it's only once you've lived with somebody that you really know what they're like." And I'd say when you're looking for a JV partner or somebody to work with, it's a little bit similar—you've got to really get to know them. Um, and for me, yeah. just having sort of coffees and things sometimes isn't isn't necessarily enough you got to do your homework, speak to other people who've worked with them, get references, you know, really get to um, understand who it is you're going to to be working with.
0: So what would your top tips be for somebody who's maybe starting off now, they're either looking at HMOs as a potential Mm -hmm. investment, or they might be just kind of starting up on the journey to HMOs? A lot of people on our Facebook group have got a handful of HMOs or they're looking to expand their portfolio or they might be just newbies from your experience what could you you give the group in terms of your top tips Aisha
1: so I would say if you're new to HMOs then absolutely um, speak to people who've already started and who are where you want to be and that's just one of the tips that I use generally in life where whatever your goals are or wherever you're trying to get to, there will be people who have been there and done it already. Learn from their mistakes. There's no point making the same mistakes yourself if you can avoid them. So and one way to do that is being in groups, you know, you know, like Wendy's, which is fantastic, where there are other people who are doing it and you can you can learn from them. So I say that's sort of um, tip number one. Tip number two, I'd always say whatever you whatever target you you're trying to reach stretch it a little bit more for me in order to really you know be or deliver your best or to to really push yourself you've always got to feel a little bit uncomfortable if your goals feel too easy to reach or you actually look at what your goals are and you say yeah I can do that I think I can do that quite easily then you're not pushing yourself Mm -hmm. enough you need to feel a little bit uncomfortable, a little (laughs) bit outside your comfort zone, and then you know you're really pushing yourself. Um, And again, I I use that in in most aspects of life. Um, If you can sit down and say, okay, my target for this year is I'm gonna get two HMOs. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'm sure I could do that. Well, you probably need to be aiming for three or maybe four. Um, And then third tip, I'd say Be creative about how you go about structuring your your projects. And by that, I mean, sometimes I've had people come to me and say, I really want to get into HMOs or I want to scale. I want to do more, but I don't have any more money. Um, For me, money shouldn't be an issue. There is a lot of money in the world. If you have a great deal and the numbers stack and it makes sense and it's a great investment, then you should be able to find the money. Now, even yeah. if you don't have the connections to people with money, if you are networking enough, there will be people who will be able to help you. Um, so for me, I never let, or I, try and, I try to never let money be the issue. It's about finding great deals. Once you find the great deals, The money will come. And I know I've heard people say that before, and I've seen people roll their eyes and like, well, yeah, that's really easy to say. Um, But if you're networked and you genuinely do have a good deal, there is money out there. If you look at the markets right now, there's a lot of volatility and people will look for those more stable investments. And, you know, what's the old adage? You know, they say as safe as houses particularly in in a market that we're in now, there are going to be people out there who are going to want to put their money into property. They're going to be looking for those stable returns. And for me, HMOs naturally align with that type of um, philosophy when it comes to investing. So those are my my three tips.
0: Excellent, excellent. Aisha, you are singing from the same hymn (laughs) she That's what I say all the time, that there is there's lots of money in the world who's got your portion
1: (laughs) exactly and it's funny because people the money's usually closer than you think Um, and for me the way that you figure out where it is you need to start talking to people about what you do Uh, so I'm in HMOs this is what I do this is how it works if you've worked with investors before, then you can say, "Oh, I've worked with investors before, and this is how it's worked." If you haven't worked with investors before, then you can say, "Well, I haven't worked with investors before, but I'm now looking to work with investors, and this is how it would work." You just need to get out there so that people know what you're doing, and you'll be surprised at where at where the money uh, where the money comes from. Because another thing is, people assume that, "Oh, if I need to find somebody who's really wealthy," um, and again what does a wealthy person look like? Uh, you you don't know. You could bump into somebody somewhere randomly and they might have the money you need, but you may make stereotypes and say, oh, well, this person doesn't look wealthy, so I'm not even going to bother telling them what I do. And you may have missed an opportunity. So I say, tell everyone what you do because you don't know where that money is going to come from. And I remember, you know, in my banking days, I was a, an ultra high net wealth advisor. One of my clients... Um, you would never in a million years guess that he was wealthy. And his family, they had several hundreds of millions, so they were incredibly wealthy. And I was in a meeting with him one day, and he dropped his phone on the floor, and I picked it up. And he, I kid you not, he actually had cello tape around his phone, holding it together. And I looked at him, and I said, come on, I know you can afford a new phone. And he <laughs> says to me, you know, well, why do I need to bother buying a new phone? I can just tape it, and it works just as well. And that image just always stuck in my mind had i met him in any other place i would never have assumed he had any money so that that has always stuck with me in terms of you never know how wealthy people are or what they do or what their backgrounds are so tell everyone what you do
0: great advice
1: great
0: we've actually got a a course running on uh, at the network behind the scenes so yes. um, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up in a moment but I just before we finish we're really helpful we can put some links uh, underneath the the video um, but if there are women out there who are thinking yeah I, I, I kind of I like this woman I like what she stands <laughs> for I like her value and I think if they do then you know they're they're in the right place yes. uh, how do they join Propel? what's their best routine
1: yes. So you can go to the website, so it's www.propelnetwork.com. If you go to the contact, there are two ways. You can go to the Contact Us page and just fill in the form, or you can go to the membership page and you can sign up for free starter membership. So there will be a few questions um, that um, will be on the form that you fill in, and that's just to give us an indication of, you know, a bit about you, what it is that you're trying to achieve through property. That then comes through to the team and then we'll reach out to you and we'll get in touch and we'll share the various different events and opportunities and things that we that um, that we that we do with the women. Um, and so it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have. There are various different ways that you can get involved with the community. Um, there are free elements to what we have because for, for me it's really important that we can help everybody. Um, And, you know, not everybody has money to be able to pay for courses or things like this. So for us, it was about putting together a community where everybody can benefit regardless of what your your personal circumstances are. So go along to the website, um, register, and then we'll be in touch.
0: That's absolutely fantastic. So I've put the URL on the bottom there. So if anyone has been inspired by watching this video about... And I'm I'm afraid it is open to women only. Um, But if if, if any women, if if any of you women out there or there's you know if you're sitting there thinking yeah i've got to juggle all these different things child care uh children husbands job etc <laughs> and, and people like that extra support that guidance that advice and the education and as you can see mindset is a big area that uh, aisha has focused on greatly as well and and growth of your mindset is so vital as an investor Absolutely. then do do join the Propel Network because there's lots of incredible uh, resources, lots of advice, lots of support there for you. Um, and I know that I've, I've met Aisha and her team, and they're they're a wonderful group of people who are determined, visionary, and very successful. Thank you so much. So Aisha, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great. We've no, got some lovely comments. On the panel. Live,
1: live from my car outside my studio. <laughs> <BMW. laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't get more real than that does it
1: exactly so here's here's, here's an honest story this is how glamorous my life is <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely great
0: well listen Aisha we we'll, shall let you get back to your your course today thank you so much for thank taking time out of your your journey it's and your, your, your
1: pleasure. Today. thank you for having me Wendy you're welcome see you very soon Bye. bye